Yes, Santa Cruz. Welcome to the Cannabis Connection. I'm your host, Christopher Carr. Hope you had a wonderful week. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Santa Cruz Cannabis Talk Radio. Our guest this evening, I'm very excited to have Redwood Roots, your Humboldt Strain Station. They are a family of farmers and canna artisans. They've come together to bring nature's best medicine from our community of multi-generational ganja warriors direct to you. Our sources use sustainable farming practices rooted in a healthy community and environment for ourselves and future generations. Redwood Roots is a homegrown community-focused cannabis distributor that works with multi-generational farmers and canna artisans, providing a local platform that brings their craft cannabis to market while keeping true to the roots of a sustaining a healthy community and environment. We have Chris here, Chris Anderson from Redwood Roots. He will be our guest this evening, and uh, he's the founder and owner, started the company in 2015, very grassroots, styly, and they continue to forge a pathway to this market on a shoestring budget, grassroots style, all just through the, the pure community, the culture, this this righteous mission and passion. So we'll bring him on and, and give thanks, Chris, for joining us. Welcome to the Cannabis Connection. Can you hear me, Chris? Yes, sir. Righteous. I hear you, I hear you too. Tell the people. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, my pleasure, man. And thank you so much for coming on. And, and tell the people, where are you? I know you're a busy man and you're taking this, this passion and, and supporting these farms all over California. So where in, in the world are you tonight? Uh, today I'm down in Southern California. I've been down here all week. Um, just really, you know, forge, continue to forge this pathway, man. It's a tough market today, but we remain optimistic and, and hopeful. And uh, spirits are still, you know, just trying to keep the spirit high. Times are tough, but, no, got to be got to be grateful. Yeah, I have faith. I have so much faith in and what you guys do, and I gotta admit, I've been a fan. I've always admired the Redwood Roots uh, representation at uh, covering the Emerald Cup since since we started the show in 2015. I started doing the media pass, and then was blessed, I believe, in 2017 and 2018 to judge the Emerald Cup. And you guys had the most popping booth, and you, you really bring uh, the heart and soul of of the of the community. Um, to these events and, and wherever you go, I think it's, it's a breath of fresh air. Um, and would love to hear your, your roots. Uh, it speaks a little bit about your, your life and, and how this plant, you know, became such a big part of your life, this calling. Yeah, I was born and raised in Southern Humboldt in uh, the Garberville area, which is really, you know, in my opinion, and other people might disagree, but, and, and it's not the only place where this cannabis cannabis culture started but it's it's certainly a one of the foundation points and so i was born and raised actually in a in a family that was um not directly involved with cannabis my parents owned a restaurant in garberville a little gift shop my grandparents owned a another little restaurant and cafe and gift shop in richardson grove which is one of the state parks kind of like the gateway to humboldt county there at the southern tip and so I was, I was raised in a, you know, service driven, uh, family, um, but surrounded by cannabis. All my friends and families, I always was kind of like, Oh, why, why does my family not grow weed? But uh, I was surrounded by it and, uh, very early age, very intrigued and inspired really by, um, of course, when you're a young kid and there's some money involved, there's that, that attraction. But for me, it was much more. I saw at a young age the medicinal values and the, the spiritual values and much deeper than just money, you know, and a lot of it was just like that true deep community spirit that brought, that brought us together. And that was, that was driven by cannabis. And, and so I've just been intrigued my whole life and, and cracked my first seed when I was 14 years old and grew up in the outlaw, the outlaw life, you know, and, uh, running from chopper and the whole nine yards. So, um, it's kind of ironic, you know, um, jumping forward that, you know, we, I feel like we kind of 
there's a lot I had friends murdered and went to prison but like at the end of the day we uh we persevered through that war on drugs and and what's ironic is that regulation and 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 legalization is what's actually I feel like more a more difficult time for our community and and farmers in general so it's just interesting time to be alive interesting time to be in the business and um again it's tough times but we got to stay stay up and stay focused on solutions and and getting creative and and with change comes opportunity change is scary when you've been doing one thing in one way for so long and so for our community it's a scary thing a lot of people including myself it's all i know and so you know you're kind of forced into like what is what else is there in life in case this doesn't work out and a lot of my friends and family never really thought about that so it's 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 a it's a critical time for rural communities across northern california and across the whole state really um so yeah i mean i'm just really fortunate and blessed to be surrounded by friends and family that support me and and that's reciprocal and um you know it's it's truly that tight-knit community is what keeps me personally going it's what gets me up in the morning and allows me to strap my boots on and just out here fighting for my people and they've always fought for me so just trying to do the best we can to to keep it going oh amen brother yeah i feel it i feel it It, it's uh it is darkest before the dawn Uh, this too shall pass i do believe in in uh it's 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 growing pains california very much was a cautionary tale maybe what not to do when legalizing cannabis and we're, we're I, I have faith eventually interstate commerce. Imagine railroad routes and your what you're gonna be and and, and the role you'll play um, representing these farms, hopefully in, in these markets and, and blossoming outside of this. Uh you, you had a really good point. The war on drugs, this plant persevered. Uh and and after eighty years of prohibition and, and all of this draconian uh militant like you mentioned the choppers and running in the outlaw uh lifestyle which which is not too long ago and we still have we've had many farmers on the show that yes yeah, served time and came out and and were able to get license i'm thinking of of john and and um yeah. and i imagine you know Garber, garberville too um i saw ridgeline and I'm just looking at your your amazing website, the RedwoodRootsFamily.com, looking over all these these great media and information, and um, you know the, the, the there's an impact in the community with the change in in, in compliance and and how it became so hard to to stay in the legal space, and it it had all these trickle down effects. I imagine Garberville has changed a lot from from 22. You know, from like let's say 2015 when we started this radio show to now, uh, it, it's interesting that you grew up. I, w- I would love to hear your thoughts on that with your family having shops and cafes and. It, I, can yeah, you speak I mean, to that like the, the whole. 80s, yeah. Yeah, back in the early 80s, you know, there was the the weed game was alive and well, but our our economy was driven as much by by er by uh tourism actually then as it was cannabis and there was still it was kind of the end of the lumber timber days um and so i think there's really like uh you know it's the the plight quote unquote of the small farmer across rural northern california is so much so much deeper in that um regular town businesses are intertwined with cannabis whether they want it to be or not it's part of the driver it's like the volunteer fire departments are driven by cannabis farmers and the fire chiefs sometimes are are cannabis farmer and 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 it go, and it trickles down all the way down and so Garberville's quiet you know it, it picked back up since school ended and covid is kind of doing its thing and people are getting out and about a little bit more so nice. town t- traffic picked up a little bit garberville and, it, and that's it's a pleasure to see tourists coming back the good quote-unquote trimigrant era is kind of done <laughs> it's kind of so done kinda, yeah um that kind of cleaned it up a little bit which i never really honestly had a huge problem with but it, it did for tourism and so it's cleaned town up a little bit and uh I just hope that, you know, we can, we have the redwood trees, you know, and that, that's what used to drive tourism. And, and now we have like the opportunity to develop a cannabis tourism, um, um, 
platform or economy to add to the redwoods and nature and and all these state parks and campgrounds and and trails to hike and rivers to float and charter fishing and and all that. So we it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna take some time and to readjust and pivot. But there's great opportunity in in the future for us. And I just want to really, you know, stay positive. You know, it's it's tough and that's real talk. And there's I think we saw about a 50 percent decline in licensed farms right around roughly this just in the last year. And the market is, is really going to be tough again this year. And so, you know, there's going to be another, you know, another round of people folding, unfortunately. But there's going to be people that stand tall and fight through this. And and um, I think speaking of the next opportunity in the national market is is certainly something that we're all holding holding tight to. But we know the federal government is going to drag their ass. And most of the things that have been put on the table so far are not far 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 from perfect in fact i just saw the the new bill schumer bill that's got like a yeah, did, 10 to 25 yeah. percent federal tax which will never make it through legislation but that's not the right way to go um but uh you know i think that is the next opportunity the california market's saturated there's a huge massive oversupply it's driven the price down um but there's also what i'm hopeful about in the california market is there is a little shift i'm seeing in a trend for it's the same demographic of shoppers that want to go to the local farmers market and support the local farmers and buy a cucumber. They go shop at Whole Foods. They care about what they put in their body. They care about who they're supporting with their purchase. And so we, we don't have none of us, Ridgeline Farms, the whole crew up there, we don't have some huge marketing budget. We can't get out there and pay shops for shelf space and pay bud tenders to sell our pot, you know? So it's really truly like, we got to get out there and do that really gnarly gorilla style marketing that's feet on the ground and, and shake our, our calloused hands with, with consumers directly and, you know, let them see the black rings below our eyes because we've been working so hard and with, and still with a smile, you know, and yeah. tell our story. And, yeah. and so there's a trend in the marketplace of consumers that are asking for that. And it's just going to be a real slow, gradual, steady pace of, of, of gaining market share and shelf space for our brands. And really, branded product is the way to go today. However, there's not enough shelf space for everybody in, in Humboldt County or the Emerald Triangle to develop a brand. And a lot of people don't want to. But for those that do, um, be careful. You know, go tread slowly. Um, the retail market's also really tough right now. It's down 40 to 60 percent across the state. So um, it's it's um, just interesting times, man. And, and I'm truly as tough as it is. I'm just I'm just so grateful to be here in my body doing the work that I'm doing. It's just like to have a job that, that has a why and has a purpose is just like to wake up every morning with that, you know, in front of me. Even though there's just challenge after challenge it's just a, i just feel blessed i feel alive that's for sure I'm yeah certainly not bored yeah I'm definitely not bored it keeps things so. interesting yeah we're certainly stimulated into uh <laughs> you know and you spoke to some important the resilience of our communities we've 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 faced the prohibition and then we prop 215 brought the medical movement and brought this this essentially the foundation of, 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 of the beginnings of this legal space that we're in now. Uh, but the, these communities have, have been resilient and, and survived through like no more lumber, the lack, you know, like that industry in some ways was, was, was the livelihood yet, uh, the tourism and, 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 and I think it's really important too to emphasize we have that similar here in Santa Cruz, like Big Basin was closed indefinitely and just reopened. Um, and our community here is certainly dependent on that tourism piece, which is we are also where the Redwoods meet the sea. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's, it's nice to just remind each other and ourselves that these communities can, you know, we bounce back from the CZU wildfire and um the emerald triangle has bounced back from transitioning from the timber industry to to this new opportunity here and like you said we're just blessed to be to be surviving it's just about uh gathering the wagons you mentioned kind of the spirit of uh getting creative um and with change comes opportunity 
Can you speak a little bit about that too? These um, potential opportunities, and especially with your work down south, and obviously we want to provide some opportunity here and, and find more more areas to feature the the work that you're sharing with the community. You know, providing more access to that farmers market quality flour. Right. That's that's a really important thing, and it's uh, not only going to help diversify this marketplace which is saturated but we need to find ways to empower and support smaller operators in this time and not lead every dollar we spend is a vote right we sp- we vote with our dollar that's right. and so that's we need to we need correct. to vote for the right thing we all know that we care about it and it's just an ongoing you're so right it's going to be we just have to be patient it's going to be a slow gradual but i I'm, I'm, it really heartens me to hear that you're feeling that because you're on the you know, I mean, you're on the beat. There was, there was a market crash back in 2017 when the green there was the 215. That's just, right. Which, I loved the 215 era, but it was so easy and there was so many so much gray area that there was what we called the green rush from about 2005 into 2017, and it and the market got completely. There was a huge glut in the market. It drove the price way down to about where it is today. Um, I know I myself personally destroyed a bunch of herb that I couldn't sell that was super fire. And so that was a, that was a period of time not that long ago. It was a cycle. Everything in life is a cycle. And this cycle might be a little bit longer and it might be a bigger challenge. But we just got to stay focused again on, you know, gratitude. Honestly, it might sound cliche, cheesy, but I don't care. That's just the truth. Um, and, um, we've had a, a 50 year run, you know, we had a 40 to 50 year good run in the Emerald Triangle and across the state of California and cannabis, uh, despite the law enforcement and all of that stuff. And it's tough for me to say that because I have, I do have friends that have went to prison, you know, they sacrificed their, their life and, and their time with family, uh, for the plant and to provide this medicine and, and really, even when that, even when herb is used recreationally, to me it's medicinal, and so um, I'm kind of rambling pretty tough here. But no, um, you're you're crushing, man. But, it's important. But, uh, <laughs> we yeah. we've been we we've had cycles. This cannabis markets have always been volatile, and we've suffered and, and persevered. And I think that's part of this, uh, especially with the smaller operators. They're able to. A lot of farms we feature on the show are looking at closing loops and a more regenerative approach to growing. And I think even even the yardeners and the small-scale kind of uh, even Santa Cruz growers in the mountains that are still trying to, you know, we have such a legacy, home of the haze here in Santa Cruz. We have such a legacy of interesting older heads that are keepers of, of really interesting genetics and over time, they're just becoming a little more uh, creative and spending less and, and to the point where we're aligning with a more natural approach and maybe a more traditional approach to agriculture. We we spoke about biodynamics recently with uh, radical herbs. And, uh, we, we you know, I'm a big fan of this Earth Church conversation of just like really natural cannabis cultivation. And, and genetics, too, are a big piece to the to the quality and the different differentiation and is i would love to hear your thoughts on that too do you think there's opportunity to see for that demographic that is looking for that farmer's market style craft product they probably are also exploring do you think we'll always be in gelato crosses or will there eventually be change i think that that that's that's it will have to change like it always does i mean og was the thing for a long yep. time there was a, there was a strain called the crinkle the crinkle you know, what was that oh it's purple, purple it was a weird strain that had this like genetic thing that the leaves had this weird shape to it but then there was the purple urkel days where yeah, everybody nobody everybody grew purple urkel and it did not make it past the bay area the bay area just gobbled up every gram gobbled it all up yeah oh wow the regenerative the regenerative practices that's really exciting to me and i'll use one farm uh who i just love him so dearly but a a jerry savage from savage farms out in ettersburg um really took his farm back under his control in terms of the day-to-day operations and getting his hands dirty again um 
after having a labor force and a farm manager and getting out to develop his business, he's really had to step back into the day-to-day farming practices. And he, I went out to his farm a couple of weeks ago and he's like, man, I, things are so tight. I couldn't afford my regular fertilizer regimen. So I went back to my old ways of making stinging nettle teas and horsetail teas and Heck yeah. Gathering, yeah. gathering nature's abundance from around his farm and making his own teas literally out of no cost. And yeah. lo and behold, the quality of his product this year is better than I've seen in five or six years. Wow. And it's not only because he's grown it himself, but it's he's got his own little rhythm now with nature that is providing this super, super superior product. And it's just it's so inspiring to see what you just said. People are, are adjusting and pivoting and morphing and, and doing what they have to do to stay viable in today's market, which is really at the end of the day. I say this to every farmer I get the opportunity to speak to. It's about driving your cost of goods down as low as humanly possible without compromising the quality of your product. And if you can do that, we can compete. I mean, the, 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 you, we can't compete with the, the, the you know, 100-acre farms, even a 20-acre farm and, and the, the scaling like that. We can't compete with their cost of goods, especially when their labor force is way cheaper and all the above. But, you know, our quality is what we've always historically, you know, banked on. And so if we continue to focus on just quality over quantity and get our hands back in the dirt and and that is our way forward period there's no doubt about it in my mind and seeing people have success with that mindset and that strategy is 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 also you know gives me hope that we can persevere through this you know unfortunately 80% of the consumers in California's market are THC price point driven. They don't care if it's what it is, as long as it's high THC and low price. All we need, you know, 20% of the consumers are actually quality driven. They want to know who they're supporting with their purchase. They want to know that what they're putting in their body is healthy. And those are our people. You know, we're never going to uh, adjust that other 80%, but we don't need them to, to pave a pathway forward. We need the 20% to know who we are. They need to know that they can find our product on the shelves. They know that, so it's it's like that's the exciting part of this is is watching people really just dig the hell in and and do what they have to do to stay relevant in this marketplace. And that that that's exciting. And then you talk about the genetics, and I think this purple candy gas trend will fuck. So sorry, uh, will snuff itself out. Yep. Um, and, I think uh, so. We'll, yeah, we'll, it, ha- it has to because yeah. the, just this the novelty in varieties of spice of life and this genome, the cannabis genome is so deep. We don't even know yeah. the. But there's so much more to explore. Yeah, you talk about farms like Emerald Spirit Botanicals that have yeah. developed and really honed in on these really really special THCV dominant. Yeah, rare that are very 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 rare. And they're like everybody and their mother is asking for pink boost goddess now. You know what I mean? And and there is a demographic that is not THC driven. And so those are our people. And I I think it's really important for farmers, those legacy farmers, to keep some in-house genetic projects going. You know, of course, you have to grow a certain percentage of your crop that's going to sell in today's bulk flower market to pay your bills. But continue to to, to, – to uh, um, dedicate a certain percentage of your square footage to those heritage genetics. Pull out the old seeds, start doing some more crosses. And it's exciting to see, you know, there's a significant amount of farmers that are doing that. And um, there will be um, a place for that in, in today's market as it matures. Right now the market is so immature. It's barely crawling. In fact, it's not even crawling yet. And yeah. so we've been doing it for so long that we're exhausted because we've been doing it for 30 and 40 years and it's not new and it's not immature to us. So, but the market today's regulated market is just a baby little infant. that's squirming around on the ground trying to figure itself out. <laughs> yeah. Barely can and hold itself up. It yeah. Itself out while we just stay the course and stay true to, to community and stay true to the plant and stay true to each other and, and not get all wiggly and try to chase the Joneses or, 
you know, the grass is not greener on the other side. And just we got to just hunker down and stick together and weather this storm and um, do the best we can. And there are people, the people there's going to be people that don't make it. And, and that is just part of life. But, yeah, but well um, said. Well there said. are there are people that are going to persevere and make it through this. And I see them doing it today. Um, so, you know, it's it's still uh, we still got community. We still have each other. We still have nature. We still are surrounded by the redwood forest. We still, you know, can go kayak the river with friends. We can go camp out on the Lost Coast instead of going to Tahiti on vacation or what the hell ever people are, you know, used to <laughs> used doing. Used to do. And sure. just humble ourselves, you know. Let's yeah. humble ourselves and be grateful for what we have instead of being bummed about what we don't have anymore. That And what did we really have that was so important? other than each other at the end of the day, you know? Amen. You know, this reminds me of a conversation, too, of, of a lot of ganja farmers rekindling their their love of, of farming vegetables and, and, and other things as well. I, I'm thinking like Happy Day, um, some homies in Mendo that were just speaking about this, and with Joey Berger, too, just like the the the, the process of, of this humility wave across – our cannabis community, it's in some ways good medicine, uh, for, for the soul. And, and, and I, I, I want to continue. I love that we're looking at the, the positive side here because one thing that I think that it's continuing to develop is the, the, the community bonds and the ties that bind and the kinship and overall com- camaraderie. Is, is is becoming more 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 enhanced. I it's coming back. It's coming, it's back. coming back. Yeah. I mean, there was we lost it for yeah, a little while. Honestly. We did. I we were all hustling hard. Yeah. yeah. And, and chasing it was chasing the dollar bill, you know what I mean? And our elders taught us that they, they were the barn builders of the Mateo Community Center and the Redwoods Rural Health yes. Center and, and, and Reggae and all these beautiful private schools and Reggae on the River and, yes. and each other's homes, literally building each other's homes. In the homesteads, and, yeah, of so, course. You know, the, 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 my generation kind of lost. We were spoiled rotten little brats, honestly, at the end of the day. I'll just say it. You know, <laughs> there was a lot of... Yeah. Things got a little easy and things got a little out of out of hand on some levels. And that's all I'm, talk, I'm speaking about myself, honestly, at the end of the day. And so to getting having some humility and humbling ourselves and getting back to that that roots of, our, of what our community is truly founded on and all about is that's exciting to me. And, and you just named all of my heroes in terms oh, of right on. farming and so Joey Berger and, and Casey O'Neill and. Daniel Stein from Bryson Forest Farms, and oh, yeah. those, that group of, of people are just my heroes. Like, and that the spirit in them when you see them in real life, and those guys have families, they have kids, they do they, growing they families, yeah, it feels... veggie gardens, they yeah. grow herb, they go to farmers markets, they're on the volunteer fire department, they keep coach little league, and I'm like, I thought I worked hard, like I'm like, <laughs> whoa, dude, you guys like it's literally don't please. Like, literally, uh. you don't switch. And they <laughs> smile. You see them, and they're genuinely, authentically happy humans. Yeah, and that's, that's what beautiful. That's inspiring, you know? Yeah, well, it, it, you, I love that example of Jerry Savage and getting back to getting your hands dirty again. I think that was, we were empire builders, and now we're getting back to the roots of what, mm-hmm. you know, this calling and this craft and this life of um stewarding this sacred plant and i i'm with you man i i'm i'm excited for these uh we you know we've had all those guys on the pink boost goddess or joseph came on and i learned a lot about that opportunity there and i feel like there's also people looking for diverse it may not be the 80 percent like you, you're so right about that right it's price point and that high thc but 20 percent of a california market this is the biggest cannabis market in the world it's still a lot to support our community, the kind of smaller legacy operator and legacy culture. That's another thing too, is we're getting, we're getting back to that culture, back to the community. And there's, there's other things in life that bring joy that enrich, uh, there's levels to, to wealth, right? Family, friends, community. Um, and I, I do have hope and I know if we can persevere, and uh, keep those 
those overhead costs as low as possible, but get back to the, like, I love it, the, the Korean natural farming. Like, Joey's, Joey Burger is really good about teaching that um, yeah. and bringing, bringing people together after the pandemic, too, was this other just weird uh, variable. But for farmers, you know, it wasn't, they're always farming. It wasn't that much of a difference to, to shelter in place, but just the, the bizarre paranoia and the, a little bit of isolation, we're coming through that and we're starting to get back together. We're starting to see even in Mendo, these little farmers markets, I imagine, um, we'll see more of that hopefully because there are some state laws and the policy on the state level is responsive at least. We saw the excise tax eliminated. It's all a little too late for some operators, but at least, you know, staying on the positive kick, we are seeing change. I'm wondering if you see any other change or other things we could, you know, emphasize as as a positive shift here. Yeah, I mean, like, I get back to the the market itself and the demographic of that 80-20 split, what I see, and and I think we'll start seeing even a, a, a slow, we are seeing it today, a little shift in that trend. It's like we're we're becoming slowly but surely the cool kids in town again. Nice. The, the sunstone, organic, regenerative farming is, is like there is, you know, Woody Harrelson out there, you know, leading the charge and spokesman and, and Bill Maher and that group of celebrities. I, I don't, I'm not a starstruck human being and I, it doesn't really matter to me, but seeing them really stand up and scream from the mountaintops, you know, legacy and regenerative and sun grown. And, and so I think, you know, you, you know, I could see some of that 80, 80% actually like, whoa, the, the, what are they doing over there? And like, well, maybe I, maybe I want to be part of that. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, over time it might be five, seven, ten years, and it's a slow and steady shift, but I truly believe that we're looking at a, a little shift in the mar- the retail consumer-based um, marketplace that's exciting. And, again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's going to be real slow, but it's happening. And a li- even a minor shift is a huge thing for us. Um, and so that is something that I'm seeing in terms of change. Um, the cultivation tax, unfortunately, was definitely, you know, it's, I honestly feel like it's kind of an empty bone that the state tossed at us. I hear it. Way too little, way too late. It's way and too most, late. Most brands, most buyers, bulk buyers are just greedy pigs, and they have the power in the market. And I'm out there in the field fighting tooth and nail for these farmers, and there's not a, sing, not a single buyer in the state of California that is is passing that value back to the farmer, which is a cultivation tax. It's the farmer's. That was a farmer's money, you know. Yeah. Even if they could 25% of that back would be a big deal or added value to the bulk flour or added value to a jar of flour. I think it's going to kick back in the in the branded product. There will be a value back to the farmer that they'll be able to keep in their pocket. But in terms of bulk flour buyers and brokers and brands, they're just kicking the farmers in the you-know-what. Yeah. It's not to them. It's their money. Um, and, and unfortunately, I don't have the power in the marketplace, and, and the Emerald Triangle doesn't have the power unless we, you know, all held hands and sang kubaya and said no, but that's just never going to happen. So the excise tax and the, um, you know, I, I think, I mean, the cult tax, it, I, what I see the benefit in is, like I said, branded product, and I think, um, I think that's where they'll get a little bit of that value back. Um, so in terms of regulatory change, that's really, I mean, I don't see anything else coming anytime soon. I, you know, and I'm preaching to the choir here, but they sold us down the stream. The, when the one acre cap went away, it, it wasn't even an over taxation or, or over anything. We could have made it if they would have given us the market till 2023 with a one acre cap and no stacking of licenses that alone California would be a thriving cannabis marketplace. Everybody would be doing good. Every single operator would be crushing it right now if that one-acre cap would have stayed on. But Stephen D'Angelo and all those corporate dudes that were like, no, we have to get ready. We're not growing enough pot in California to be competitive with the rest of the, with the, rest of the country. If we don't ramp up for national now, we have to grow more herbs. 
And I'm like, you're lying. That is not why you're doing this. And it's so, anyways, I know I'm preaching the choir and going down the rabbit hole, but that one acre. No, it's important. Yeah. That's what it for everybody. And, and to, I was, I voted no for Prop 64. I'll say it. And I, and I saw right through the rhetoric. I know they, they sold it by letting people out of prison, which I was all for. And nobody should ever go to prison for a nonviolent offense of cannabis ever. That's just completely insane. Yes. So I agree with that part of it. But giving the, the market to legacy and equity operators till 2023 and the fact that you can amend Prop 64 under, uh, you know, the ABs or SBs, I just was like, the first thing they're going to do is strip the one-acre cap. Watch it happen. And literally, like, three months into Prop 64, what did they do? They stripped the one-acre cap. Wow. Yeah. And so, like, the, Gavin Newsom came to Garverville spoke at the Redwood Playhouse and said, I am here for you. This Vote for Prop 64. It's going to be good for you. We're going to keep the market in your hands till 2023, that slimy dude. Like, it just immediately, I was like, <laughs> I went to it, and I sat in the back row and listened to him, and I wanted to barf in my mouth because oh, I man. knew for a fact that was going to go away. And so, and that's, that's honestly, we could deal with the taxes, if there wasn't this glut in the market and it's still, we'd still be fighting for tax reform for sure, because the taxes were obscene as well, but it's just, the glut in the market is really what kicked us to the curb. And, um, it's, it's, I don't want to be all doom and gloom now. And I'm not, that's not, not where I'm. No, going. no. So, yeah, so, no, I feel yeah, it, but it's not true. Sorry, I got a little heated there. Yeah. Well, you're right. <laughs> and I don't think we emphasize enough how it was a bit of a, political and cunning uh like you mentioned the steve d'angelo style um personality type was in our governor uh they 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 the lip service was so strong i had a similar experience of barfing in my mouth at the emerald cup where you saw people in our community advocating for prop 64 it was a heated debate um You know, I was really trying to be neutral on the radio, but we documented, we started the show in 2015 and kind of documented this whole change, Uh, uh, you know, the whole Macursa, Malcursa, the Medical (laughs) Regulation Safety Act. That, That, in my opinion, would have been positive to just regulate Prop 215 a little more. But not to the not the passage of Prop 64. I, I ne- couldn't agree with. You. Yeah, I never uh, felt good about it. There were people yeah. that were organizers and like, you know, great people like Tim Blake, but they were all mm-hmm. about Prop 64, and I just didn't understand and why they. But they and everyone, you know, I've, I've had some journalists on the show, and they they threw out some numbers regarding 14,000, you know, less people going or getting released or obviously yeah no one should go to jail for cannabis this is a plant this is a sacred medicine that even the international world health will acknowledge as a traditional medicine you know it's an internationally recognized medicinal herb uh that said yeah this 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 unfortunately really went went awry it was doomed before. And we got a little bamboozled, you know. We got bamboozled, I, straight up. You're so right. That's that's bamboozled. the best way of putting it. Yeah. And I don't. I honestly don't believe the people of California voted for today's Prop 64. They just didn't. They did not vote for this. No. You know? it's no. Not Prop 64. They voted for. And now lobbyists own Gavin, and they're it's just big. Big business is lobbying. We've tried to gather and, 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 and the, thank goodness for the Origins Council and the HCGA and the yes. NCA and all these awesome advocacy groups that are out there fighting for change. And, and it took, they fought for two years to get the cultivation tax suspended and they were successful. And so kudos to, to those groups for really getting out there and fighting, fighting for the small farmers and fighting for small rural communities in California. Um, and they're still doing out. They're still out there doing that work. They and are just what an what amazing, like talking about inspiration, man. Those 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 folks are gritty. I mean, I anybody in cannabis in California has got some grit to them. Absolutely, sure. my, they yeah. gotta love it. Yeah, if you're in. If you're doing this, you gotta love it. it well, there ain't 
It's not really that much fun anymore. Yeah, the Green Rushers <laughs> bounced. They came, yeah. and when things yeah. weren't gravy anymore, they're gone. There's so many gone in Santa Cruz, and or they left Santa Cruz to go somewhere favorable, like a pay-to-play system in Monterey County. Or I knew operators that went, like breeders and, and nursery operators, and then went to Mendo because it was just a little bit better, quicker. Uh, but yeah. but yeah, we we just didn't foresee this uh, four, five, six years ago when Prop 64 was being debated, and it was a bamboozle. Yeah. They just threw all yeah. that money at it, and we got kind of bamboozled into this situation we're in. But again, we have hope. There is a rebel alliance, and it is strong and getting stronger, yeah. and yeah. we are getting resilient, and we are getting back to our. We're we're evolving from the spoiled brat culture of that hustle bustle big truck era, and getting back yep. to like farming. <laughs> and, and, and really, truly, like not only do you have to love cannabis to be in this in this game today, but the people I'll, I'll speak from the perspective of just my my little community in Southern Humboldt, and the people that are there are there because they love it there. They're yeah. not there just only because they can grow weed and make money. They love that place. They love that community. And it hurts to see Garberville, again, speaking just from my perspective of my little hometown, and the cafe owners and the, the restaurant owners and the gas stations even and, and grocery stores are slow. And it, it's, it's, so it pains me to see those folks struggle. But what I'm, I, I actually like, in a way, I kind of like Town Empty. It kind of brings me back to the way it was. And, like, it's okay, you know, we'll build it back up. The elders painted this beautiful picture. And that picture is, unfortunately, it's kind of, it kind of got rubbed out a little bit. And now we're, in a way, my generation, our generation now has kind of a blank canvas, per se, in front of it. We have a community that we get to decide what we want it to look like in the future. And, it, and you have to dig in and work your tail off do that so dig in and work your freaking tail off don't run to some other place that you think is better like if you love this place stay and make it better stay and make you what you know make it what you want it to be for your kids like show your kids some grit and some and some hard work and dig in and and you know it's like we're okay you know like you said we're a lot of people are growing their own food again you know yeah. and, and just and it's like we don't have to you know, this doesn't, the sky doesn't have to be falling. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, the sky is blue. It's beautiful and it's sunny and the, the air is clean. And, you know, it's like, like we got it. We still have it so good. Oh, well, look like, at what we're, like, yeah, we're look blessed. In the real world. Like go out. I'm down in LA right now, downtown LA. My company has an apartment in downtown LA. I walk out on the street in the morning and it's just disparate. Yeah. And that's the real that's everywhere right now. That's most people's reality. Yeah. Yeah. And so we 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 live in this this place surrounded by redwood trees and the green river and fresh clean air and friends that reach out when you're having a hard time and tell you they love you and like these folks down here have nobody. They have nothing. They have nobody to call or look up to or or they're they're alone, literally alone on the street begging for food with no place to sleep or take a poop. And it's like, come on, folks, like, be grateful. Oh, yeah, it's true. Like, be freaking grateful and stop, you know, I'll just say it, stop sniveling. It sucks, yeah, but buck up, cinch up the seatbelt, cinch up the belt, strap on your boots, and let's get to work. One foot in front of the other. Yeah, I think so. One foot in front of the other. We have to. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Just keep going. Keep on crushing. And, and, I don't, yeah. We don't have any other options, you know? Like, what else are we going to do other than just keep fighting for what we know? And what we love at the end of the day, you know? It is. I'm not folding. I'll tell you that. I'm not giving up. I don't care. I'm, I'll fight. And it's just the wheel, like, and the wheels aren't going to come off. But until they do, I'm going to just keep on rolling this way. Yeah. And a lot of people up there in the hill. Ridgeline Farms, Huckleberry Hill Farms, Canna Country Farms, Savage Farms, Lady Sativa Farms, Humboldt Generation Farms. It's like the, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Sunbolt grown, Sunshine Johnson, like there's all these beautiful women farmers up there that they are, are just like, like they get overshadowed from this like 
masculine thing in the market. It's like there's all these dudes out there, but there's all these beautiful ladies up there in the hills and valleys growing this cantina for Moon Maid Farms. You know, like, and all yeah, these guys, you know, that, that yeah. of their farms, they all have ladies standing beside them and behind them, like cheering them on and, and actually doing the work too. But they don't want to be on camera. They don't sure. want the glory. You know what I mean? But somebody's got to be out there being the face. And so they're, that's what they're doing. But, you know, so there's just a lot of fight left up there. There's a lot of fight in Santa Cruz. You know, we're all one heart. All these cannabis farmers, all these communities, we're all the same people. We're all one heart. We're all one love. And we're all in this shit together. Honestly, sorry about the low word there. Oh no, uh, you're good. It's fine. We're yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, we're yeah, it's a, uh, yeah. I think the you know growing and working with herb, you know, are we growing in or is it growing us? You know, are we taking care of cannabis or is cannabis taking care of us? And I think if we stay uh, in that space of let the plant guide in some ways, which is also like I think we'll find our way. We just have to stay close to the to the to the heart of this and the love and that's why those that aren't really in love with it and some borderline obsessed with it they're they're going to fall off and it's a purification in a way which is healthy Uh and uh yeah i think we're gonna we're gonna get through it and uh there's a lot to be hopeful for there's a lot to come it's funny you said it's in its infancy and we have this little baby girl sophia she's six months and it's you're so right you know she's just able now to sit upright and to engage and play with her you know dragon you know stuffed animal and and in some ways sophie is like the personification of our of our sacred industry that is still barely able to sit upright you know it was just tumbling over like a ragdoll for the first few years and here we are finally you know so we have to keep going we have to take care of it we have to to parent it and and nurture it and steward it and continue these conversations i think this is a healthy cathartic experience not only for us but i think people listening i've been listening to other people speak uh casey o'neill is one guy like we dropped some yeah, and it's just been, you know, and Joey, of course, and both of those guys come on the show. It's it's, a, it's an honor to have you on the show because I feel that kinship and that connection from the years of our gatherings. And, and then, of course, I've had a lot of farms on the show, and it's always a pleasure to, to connect because it is going to take a village. You know, we all, we're going to do this as a community, and the more we continue to circle the wagons and organize a bit, this Origins Council is a great foundation, and uh, just working together and keeping the network strong. It's always been like that. There's a lot of things that that are good too that we're all talking more. We're all open yeah. more. We're we're all probably a little more broke, but that's also <laughs> that humility brings kinship. You know, we have a common connection. Um, yeah, so there's definitely some more openness and we build relationships. And I think that's the yeah. that's the heart of our future is we're going to get organized and we're going to be a force to be reckoned with the more we take care of each other and look out for one another. It's an ongoing there's, saga. There, there's so much silver lining in this quote-unquote, like, struggle. You know, there there is. And you hit it all on the head right there. Just hit smacked out right on the head. And it's, it's, it's creating opportunity and a need for us to all gather and share resources and share information and reach out to each other and, and communicate. And, and so there's, there's a lot of blessings in the, in the disguise of this. And so I'm with you, man, a hundred percent. Yeah. Likewise, so. man, this, this show brought a smile to my face and we'll keep on putting that out into the world. Cause, uh, that's, that's just, uh, that's the medicine in and of itself too. Uh, just keeping, keeping the stoke alive because herb is it makes you happy it's it's the healing yeah. it's always it's been and will be yes that's, right. that's it man that's right. um, plant medicine alive and well and it's it's growing and it's 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 happening right before our eyes as well and so you know it's yeah anyway i i'm so grateful for time with you man and, and the opportunity to speak on your show and all you great work man what what an awesome platform you give the community to speak from 
and uh, I'm honored to be here with you, man, for sure. Oh, and we got to get you in Santa Cruz. We're working on delivery, and, we, you know, I know a lot of retailers tune in, and times have been hard. We used to have retailers sponsor the show, but, uh, you know, every conversation here is recorded it's archived. It's re-listened to. A lot of people will put it on in the morning when they're driving, putting that one foot in front of the other in the garden and maybe in the shop. You know, this, 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 this message, this, this seed, this intention is going to be something that will continue to grow. And I would, I can't wait to see all of us all over, um, you know, have, have, have room for that 20% of the people that care about their bodies and care about the, the earth too and the farm yeah. and the legacy culture and the future of this community. And, um, yeah, this is great. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We're almost to the top of the hour and just wanted to let you have uh, the last word. I really appreciate that, man. And that what I'd like to end with is, is what we started with. And that is your purchase is your vote and support family farms know who you are supporting with your purchase at a dispensary or delivery company ask for legacy family farms dig into the bud tender so it's a real thing because a lot of big brands are now kind of using this legacy and craft language and trying to poach it and take it and, and present it as though it's them so dig a little deeper spend wisely and support family farms support community support culture support the environment and uh, just work a little bit harder and spend your money wisely, folks. Please, this is a like, very critical time for communities across California, families, um, and volunteer fire departments, and you name it. So it's all in time right now, and just do your best to support family farms. Hey, amen, and stay up, Santa Cruz. Stay up, Emerald Triangle. Stay up, all the family farmers. We love you. We support you. Remember to vote with your dollar to to, to take that extra effort and think about every purchase is, is contributing to something that will, will grow and, and you want to put the fuel in the right fire and see that continue to grow and, and, and fire our hearts and fire our spirits. And uh, stay up, Santa Cruz. It's going to be a warm weekend, so drink lots of water, take care of each other, be most excellent to your to your gardens, to your families, your friends, grow something green. I'm smiley. This is the Cannabis Connection. Tune in next week for another edition of Cannabis Talk Radio. And um, if you're also in the area, um, August 13th, we're going to be playing some music in support. Speaking of community endeavors at Junction Park, a fundraiser. So um, think about coming through into Boulder Creek. And, and we're also so grateful to hear and to see Big Basin open up again. Thank you so much and have a great weekend. Yeah.